0: Welcome to First Importance, featuring the preaching and teaching ministries of First Baptist Church, West Memphis. Okay, I feel like I'm in a vacation Bible school challenge being up here on this platform. Uh, First time I've preached uh, from uh, up here on a platform like this, but uh, it's all right. God's in control, and... And God is going to bless our service today, and we're so thankful for you being here today. So if you have your, you have your Bibles, turn with me to the, uh, over to the Old Testament, to the book of Jeremiah chapter 18. Book of Jeremiah chapter 18. And we're going to be reading in verse 1, read down through verse 10. Jeremiah chapter 18. Begin reading in verse 1. The Word of God says this, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he brought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel that seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. At what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it? If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And in what instance I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it, if it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit it. Let me read again, verse 6. I think this is our verse that we want to center in on this morning. Verse 6, God says, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. Now I think one of the greatest things about verse 6 is that I know where I am this morning. Do you know where you are this morning? You say, well, Brother Billy, of course I know where I am. I'm at First Baptist Church, West Memphis. Well, if that's all you know, then you missed something. You missed something because he says, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. Do you know where you are this morning? I am so glad to know that I'm in the potter's hand today. I'm so glad that I'm in the potter's hand. You know, there comes a time in every person's life in the life of an individual, in the life of a church, in the life of a nation, when you and I need a word from the Lord. I mean, there's a feeling of despair when we need a word from God and we can't find one. The prophet Amos preached and said, if the people did not repent, then there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread and water, but a famine of the word of God. There comes a time in an individual, in the life in an individual's life, where we need a word from beyond. I mean, we listen to everybody, we listen to every man, you know, that has something to say. We listen to this, we listen to that, with no satisfaction. No satisfaction at all. And see, that's the way it was in Jeremiah's day. That's the way it was in his day. We need a word from beyond. We need a word from Almighty God this morning. And that's the way it was. In Jeremiah's day, see, the nation of Israel was in desperate trouble. In fact, the enemy has surrounded them and destruction was before them. And Jeremiah, this weeping prophet raised by God, went to God seeking a word from him saying, Lord, I am your prophet. I'm your prophet. You, the one who made me, you, the one who created me. And I, now I need a word from you. I mean, the people are wringing their hands. The nation is in despair, and I need a word. I need, a, I need some light in this darkness. I need a word of encouragement in the midst of these dark times. And notice what God said. Notice what God said in verse 2. He says, arise and go down to the potter's house. Now, if that had been me, I'd probably have said, now, Lord, this is no time to make house calls. This is no time to make house calls. I mean, I mean, Lord, do you understand the nation is in trouble? I mean, the, the, the enemy has surrounded us. I mean, the people are wringing their hands. They're looking at me for a word from you. And God says, go down to the potter's house. I mean, what strange advice, folks. What strange word from the Lord here. I mean, notice what strange what strange advice. Go down to the potter's house. But notice what he said. There I will show you my words. And then in verse 3, he says, Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he brought a work on the wheel. I mean, he was doing, he was doing what came natural. The potter was doing what came natural. He was doing a work on the wheel. And then verse 4 and 5, he says, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred are spoiled in the hand of the potter. And so he made it again another vessel that seemed good to make it. Here's the word, and then verse six. Here's the word. Here's the word that that God gave to the prophet. He says, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. Here's the word. There's the word right there. There's the word. What did Jeremiah see in that? Well, if it had been you or me or somebody else, they might have not seen anything. But Jeremiah saw something in this word. He heard something in this word that nobody else saw. He saw something that nobody else saw. But before we get into what Jeremiah saw, let me identify a couple of things here. The clay, The clay is a symbol of human life, the individual, you and I. We're the clay. The wheel is a symbol of human history, human circumstances, the things that we go through every single day. The potter, of course, represents God. He says, I am the potter and you are the clay. And I have the power and I have the authority to make you and shape you and form you into a beautiful vessel if you'll obey me, if you'll listen to me. And that's, and that's what you have here. What you have here is God's relationship to every single one of us in this parking life today. What you have here is God's relationship to every single one of us every day of our life. And so what I want to do this morning is to bring you a word from the Lord, I bring you a word from God that whatever comes your way, whatever tragedy, whatever heartache, whatever death, whatever virus comes our way. In other words, there may come a time in the near future when you need a word from the Lord. And I want you to know, folks, you can always come back to this passage of Scripture right here, and there you'll find a word from Almighty God. Now, what did Jeremiah see here? What did Jeremiah see here? Well, he said, first of all, there's a divine presence at work in every life. There is a divine presence at work in every life. Now this is one of the greatest statements in the Bible concerning God's sovereignty. This is one of the greatest verses in, in the Word of God concerning God's sovereignty. In other words, God says, in verses seven through verse 10, he says, He says, "Look what it says. He says, that what is this, I shall speak concerning a nation." and concerning a king to pluck up and pull down and destroy it. If that nation against whom I have, against that nation who I I have pronounced, turn from their evil, I will repent the evil that I thought to do unto them. In verse 9, In what instance shall I speak concerning a nation, and concerning a king to build it up and to plant it, If it do evil my sight and obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good and wherewith I would benefit it. In other words, In verses verses 7 through 10, what God is saying here, God is saying, I can do anything I want to with this nation. I can do anything I want to with this nation. At one instance, I can say to this nation, I'm going to destroy you. But if that nation repents, he says, I can bless you. Or he says, I can say to this nation, I'm going to bless you. And if that nation rebels against me, God says, I can destroy you. See, what God is saying here, people, what God is saying is, I am starving. I am starving. Just as a potter can do anything he wants to with that lump of clay, God is saying, I can do anything I want to with you. I can do anything I want to with you. In other words, friends, we need to understand today that human life and human history is not in the hands of fate. It's not in the hands of politicians. It's not in the hands of scientists or some epidemic. But human life and our destination is in the hands of Almighty God. It's in the hands of Almighty God. That's where it is. That's where it is. And that's what God is saying to Jeremiah. He is saying, I know the enemy's at the gate. I know Uh, You're surrounded. I know dark days have fallen upon you, but I want you to know I'm still in control of what's going on. I'm still in charge. I know what's happening. I know what's going on. I still got my hand on the clay. I still have my hands on the wheel. And as the clay is in the potter's hand, he says, so are you in my hand. O house of Israel. You know, years ago, when I was a student at Mobile College, I took a Class, I took a ceramics class. Now, I know it wasn't a biblical class at that time, but I was finishing up. only had about six hours to finish up my degree. And so it was an elective. I said, hey, I'll just take ceramics, you know, easy class, make it easy A, and get on out of there. And once I got in that ceramics class, I had a professor. And uh, as she was uh, teaching the class, you know, I mean, we started out with just you know, uh, a thing of clay, and we'd roll it, you know, and make little saucers and things like that out of it, you know. And, I mean, I thought I was pretty good in it. I made a, I made a saucer that wobbled, and I made a cup that leaked. you know. I mean, uh, I wasn't very good in ceramics at all, wasn't very good at all. But I noticed in the corner of the class there was a potter's wheel, and I, and I was always interested in that potter's wheel, and so one day after class, the professor went over there, she took a big old lump of clay, and she threw it on that potter's wheel. And I sat there, and I watched her take that old lump of clay and make it into a beautiful, beautiful vase. And it just amazed me how she could do that. And I said, hey, that's what I want to do. I want to get on the potter's wheel. And so I said, hey, uh, uh, I said, teacher, uh, uh, when can I get over there on that potter's wheel? She said, oh, no, no, no. She said, you're in a, uh, you know, you're in the basic ceramic class. That's for the advanced ceramic class. And I said, oh, man. Well, I noticed every morning when I had to go to class, she brought a little jar of jelly, and she always put a little bit on her toast and something like, you know, that, and that's what she ate for breakfast. And so I asked her one day, I said, uh, I said, hey, do you like jelly, homemade jelly? And she said, oh, yeah, I love it. I said, okay. Well, about that time, my wife was making homemade jelly at home. She she was making some blackberry jelly. And so so I took her two quarts of blackberry jelly. And guess what? I got on the potter's wheel. Uh Uh-huh. I did. Yeah. You can say I bribed her. I did. I bribed her. But I got on that potter's wheel. And, you know, once I got on that potter's wheel, guess who was in control of that clay? I was. I was in control of it to make it what it needed to be. And that's what, and that's what Jeremiah is saying here. See, listen, friends, we don't need to worry about Corona-19. We don't need to worry about Congress. The only thing we need to worry about is we're in God's hands today. That's what we need to worry about. That's what we need to worry about. He says, I've got my hands on the potter's wheel, and I'm working in your life today, friends. And that's what verse 3 says. That's what the potter does. That's what God does. He's working in your life this morning. He's working in my life this morning. And see, one of the greatest blessings in this world is to see and recognize God's hand working in our life today. That's what he says to Jeremiah. And that's what he's saying to the nation of Israel. He said, listen, I know things are bad. I know you're facing a black time. I know you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But I want you to know I'm still in charge. I'm still in control of what's going on today. You know, it's kind of like the little boy that's playing baseball. And he wanted his dad to come watch him play. And so he begged and begged and begged. He said, Dad, this is my last game. Please come and watch me. And so his dad said, okay, son, I'll come and watch you play. And so uh, the game had already started, and and, uh, they were uh, playing along in the game. And and about that time, his dad showed up a little late to the game. And there he was standing over there and looking at his son. His son was playing third base. And his his son kind of looked through the darkness, and he saw his dad standing there. And he hollered out. He said, hey, dad, I'm glad you made it. We're having a great game. His dad looked at the scoreboard and said, son, how can you say you're having a great game? You're losing 15 to nothing. He said, oh, that's all right, dad. We hadn't even been to batch yet. Now, I'll tell you something, folks. It may look like we're losing the battle. It may look like that we're down 15 to nothing. But I want you to understand that God is still in control of what's going on. God is still in charge of what's taking place and God, that's what God is saying here. He's saying, listen, I know, I know I'm in control and you need to understand and you need to understand the mindset of this. I'm in control of what's going on here. See, there's a divine presence at work in everybody's life. And if you don't get anything this morning, you need to get this. There's a divine presence at work in your life today. God is at work in your life, forming you and shaping you and molding you into a beautiful, beautiful vessel fit for God Almighty. God is at work in your life. But not only is there divine present at work, but there's, second of all, there's a divine purpose to that work. There's a divine purpose to that work. Notice again in verse 4. He said, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. Married or spoiled in the hand of the potter. and So he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. See, God has a divine purpose in your life. He has a divine purpose in my life. And what Paul is saying, and see, Paul said that same thing in Ephesians in chapter 2 in verse 10. Paul said, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained, that we should walk in them. And see, that's what Paul was saying. And really, Paul backs it up by saying this. See, Paul says, before we were born, before God created the worlds, He had a divine and eternal purpose for your life. And now what God is doing today is gradually working out that eternal purpose in our life. In other words, what he's saying is the greatest thing that this clay ever did was to fall into the hands of the potter. Why? Because see, that old lump of clay, our life, this old lump of clay is nothing without the potter. See, it's nothing, it's shapeless, it's useless. See, if you leave that clay alone and to itself, it'll never amount to anything. It'll never amount to anything. It'll never amount to anything that's useful for Almighty God if it's left alone. But I thank God this morning that God saw something in that old lump of clay that nobody else saw. I'm so glad that God saw and that, I'm, I'm glad that God saw something in this old lump of clay that nobody else saw. He saw something worth loving and worth saving. See, the only thing the devil sees in us is something to damn and cast in hell forever. But my God, who's rich in love and who's rich in mercy, he saw something in this old lump of clay that nobody else saw. He saw something worth molding and shaping and using for his glory, for his glory. And so the greatest thing you can do as a piece of clay this morning is to place your sand, Place yourself into the hands of the Father and say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Use me today. You know, I'll never forget years ago, I heard this story about this young boy. And he grew up over in England. And he grew up in a very rich family. He was uh, the only child in this family. His mom and dad was very, very rich and very uh, very important in that country. But this young boy, all he ever wanted to be was a pilot. He just loved airplanes and he enjoyed airplanes. Growing up, he just played with model airplanes and stuff like that. And he always told everybody, man, I want to grow up to be a a pilot and uh, to be a British pilot in the army and, and, and fight for their country. And yet, did he not know that during that time as he grew up, you know, Germany at that time became a powerful nation, and they wanted to take over the world. But as this little boy grew up, you know, his mom and dad was so busy that they just couldn't take the time to play with him. And he had a, 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 a man there that, uh, was, that worked for them, uh, kind of like a butler or something like that. But he took time, and he kind of he loved this little boy. He played with him, and he watched him grow up. As this man grew up, as this little boy grew up, he did go into the army, go in, went into the British Army. And uh, by that time, as I said, Germany came, and there was a huge force there, and they began to fight against the Germans. And as he became a British pilot, he went out there to fight the Germans and, uh, and did very many successful trips out there. But one time, he went out on a mission, and he was shot down, and he didn't come back. And he was killed. And news got back to the mom and dad. Man, their hearts was just broken. Their hearts was broken. This was their only son. <clears throat> and their hearts was broken. And and so as they were grieving over the, the loss of their son, the dad, not long after that, had a heart attack and he was and he died. And now the dad was gone, only left the mom, and not Not long after that, the mom also passed away. And so so they had all this stuff. As I said, they were very, very wealthy. They had all, you know, they had land and they they had paintings and they had jewelry and, and just beautiful furniture and things like that. And so in their will, they said, if everybody's gone, they were to auction it all off. And so they had a big auction. They sent letters out. For to many, many people, and people came from miles and miles around to come to this auction because they know they had plenty of valuable stuff there. And so as the day of the auction arrived, the first thing they was going to auction off was a painting of the little boy, a painting of the son. That was the first thing. And so they got it up there, and the auctioneer said, the first thing we have is a painting of this little boy who was killed in, in, in the war. And so they said, "Let me hear the first bid." <coughs> and so somebody hollered out and said, "Oh man, fifty dollars, fifty pounds, fifty dollars. Let me let's get that thing out of the way and and really bring some good stuff out here." And so the uh, auctioneer said, "Oh, I can please let me hear more than that. Not more than fifty dollars. Come on." Nobody else said anything. They just kept saying, "Get the get that painting out of the way and bring the good stuff out here." And so back in the back, somebody said $50. And the auctioneer says, Is there any more bids? And there was no more bids. And he said, okay, going once, going twice, sold to the man in the back. So please come up here and get your property. And of course, the man, as he walked up there, it was the, it was the old man that used to play with a little boy. And he loved that boy. And he wanted that painting so bad. And so at the end, after he got the painting, the auctioneer got up and said, the auction is over. And everybody said, what do you mean it's over? He says, we came for miles and miles to come and, and, and get this and get the good paintings and, and, and the cars and the furniture and the jewelry and things like that. What do you mean it's over with? And the auctioneer said, there was a stipulation in the wheel that said, He that has a son has it all. And the little and the old man, the old man inherited everything that the people had because he loved that son. He that has a son has it all. And I'll tell you something, folks. He that has Jesus has it all. Amen? He that has Jesus has it all. He that has a son has it all. And that's what I've been trying to tell you. In other words, are you willing to say this morning, Lord, I am willing today to put my life in your hands. Lord, I am willing today. Lord, you can shape my life and you can mold my life. You can do anything you want to with my life that pleases you, Lord. Not what pleases me, but what pleases you, Lord Jesus. Not what pleases me. In other words, there's a divine purpose at work in every life. And the smartest thing you can do, the smartest thing that you will ever do is to submit yourself without qualification, without reservation, without hesitation. That is to place your sin, to place yourself in the hands of the potter. And say, Father, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Use me today. Use me. You know, it's just like the song says, have your own way, Lord. Have your own way, I am the potter, you are the clay. Mold me and make me after your will while I am waiting, yielded and still. Have your own way Lord, you are the potter and I am the clay. But there's one other thing I wanna mention to you today. Not only is there a divine presence in your life and not only is there a divine purpose at work in everybody's life, but one last thing he says, there's a divine patience at work in every life. In other words, God is saying to Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, I want you to know that I'm very patient with you. I want you to know that I'm very patient. He said again in verse four, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred or spoiled in the hands of the potter to make it. And so he made it again, another vessel that seemed good to the potter to make it. In other words, God is saying to Jeremiah, I want you to know, Jeremiah, I'm very patient. I'm very patient. He says, I have a purpose. I have a purpose that I want to work out in your life. And I want to make something beautiful out of your life. And I want to make something useful out of your life. But because of your laziness, and because of your stubbornness, and because of our selfish desires, and because of us not putting God first in our life, the Bible says that we're marred or spoiled in a potter's hand. I mean, I wonder how many times I've been marred. I wonder how many times I've been spoiled in the potter's hand today. Not, not to be thrown away, not, be, not to be thrown to the side, but to be remodeled and be remade by the potter's hand. Now, let me illustrate what I mean here. When I was in ceramics class, and I was taking that class, before I could get on the potter's wheel, there's one thing I had to do. One time I got on the potter's wheel, and I was making this beautiful, beautiful bowl, and I got it almost, almost made, and all of a sudden, it just fell apart. I mean, the sides of the wall just broke down, and I couldn't understand what happened. So the professor came to me and said, did you get all the trash out of it? I said, what do you mean? Did you get all the little rocks and all the trash out of the clay? I said, no, I didn't. They said, come here, let me show you what you need to do. So she took me over there, and they had this piece of wire. And you had to take that clay and take it and slice it up, just like you slice slicing up a loaf of bread. And you slice it up, every piece of that clay. And you take it, every slice, and you dig all the little rocks out of it. And you dig all the trash and all the wood and all that out of it. You take all the trash out of it, and then you mold it. Then you put it together and mold it again and put it on that, on that potter's wheel and begin to mold it and make it what it should be. And that's what Jeremiah is saying here. Jeremiah is saying, I want to make something beautiful out of your life. I want to make something useful out of your life. But because of your laziness and your stubbornness, he said, we're marred in the potter's hand. And that's what he's saying to Jeremiah. He's saying, listen, I want to make something pure and holy and clean out of your life. But because of your attitude and because of your rebellion, you are marred in the potter's hand. But he says, Jeremiah, I, I want you to know that I'm very patient with you. I want you to know that I'm very patient. You know, and I'm so glad that God is patient with us today, right? Amen? I'm so glad that God is patient with us. I'm glad that God gives us more than three strikes because I strike out all the time. I strike out all the time. And, 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 and I'm so glad. I strike out so many times before God. And I'm so glad that God is patient with me. Jeremiah says, God says Jeremiah I want you to know I'm very very patient with you and I want you to know that all I'm going to do is to remodel I'm going to remold you and remodel you and remake you one more time and this time I'll get all the rocks and I'll get all the trash and I'll get all the attitudes out of your life and I'll mold you and I'll make you and I'll shape you into a beautiful vessel fit to be used by me that's what God is saying that's what he's saying and folks, don't you to understand, don't you to understand this morning, he's willing to do that with you today. He's willing to do that with every single one of us here today. I'm so glad that God is a God of a second chance. I'm so glad that God gives us a second chance. Even though when we strike out for the third time, God has said, hey, I'm patient with you, and I'll remold you, and I'll remake you one more time into a useful vessel for, for me today. Listen, folks, do you know where you are this morning? Do you know where you are this morning? Listen, if you just say, I'm at First Baptist Church of West Memphis, then you miss something. You miss something. Do you know where you are today? I am so thankful that I know where I am today. For as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O oh, house so of Israel. Oh, listen, friend, the smartest thing you can do today is to place this old lump of clay, our life, in the hands of the potter, that by... Uh, that by the very presence of God's own hand, he can make something beautiful and useful out of our life. God is willing to do that in your life today. Are you willing to listen to him? Are you willing to obey him? The Bible says, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. Listen, folks, we don't need to worry about What's going on out there? God says, hey, I'm still in control of what's going on. I still got my hand on the wheel. And I'm I'm steady molding and making a beautiful vessel out of you. I'm in control of what's taking place. And God wants to work in your life today. And he wants to remold you and remake you one more time to be useful for him. Amen? Amen. And so if you're here today, I want you to understand that God is the potter and we're the clay. And he can mold us and make us into something beautiful. And he can do that in your life. And if you want God to do that in your life, why don't you call this morning? We have operators standing by. You can call 870-735-5241. And we have operators standing by to hear what you have to say. God is speaking to you this morning. Please call. Please call. And let God do something special in your life. He wants to do something because he's the potter. He's the potter. He wants to make something beautiful out of your life today. So why don't you call that number, 870-735-5241, and allow God to do something in your life. Church, thank you so much for being here today. We love you. We appreciate you being here. And understand that God is in control. God is in control of what's going on. Not the nation. You know, God is in control of us. He's the potter. We're the clay. And so let God continue to rule and reign in your life. Have a great week this week. We love you. Pray for Brother Josh. And just know as you leave today, please be careful. Our guys are around taking up the offering. So please uh, uh, give give them time to uh, get the buckets out and give your offering. We love you. We thank you so much. Let me pray for you as we leave. Father, thank you so much today. We thank you, dear God, for your word. We thank you for the music. We thank you for what, what you've done in our life. We thank you for Jeremiah and how, dear God, you used him. And you let Israel know that you are in control. You are in charge. And, Father, you're letting us know that the United States, you're in charge of us. You're in charge of our lives today. And, Father, you're the one who Moses and makes us. Into a beautiful vessel, fit to be used for you. And I pray today, dear God, that we can take your word, listen to it, and obey it, and be obedient vessels for you today. For we pray it today and ask it in Jesus' holy name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you, God. Thanks for joining us for this episode of First Importance. You're invited to check out our other sermons on this channel and, if you're in the West Memphis area, to join us for our Sunday worship at 1045 a.m.